I'm Erica. And I'm Jules. Most people have at least one thing that they can't or won't eat. Yeah, we're definitely like that. We started this podcast to talk about the gluten-free food industry. Like new products and some of the stories behind your favorite brands. And living life with a specialty diet and also some important healthcare topics. Since we're basically both broken inside. You had me at eat. Welcome to another episode of You Had Me at Eat. Holiday weekend episode of You Had Me at Eat. Like really trying to get it in under the wire episode because Jules (laughs) and I have had just long, long weeks. And Mm -hmm. we're, if you hear this after the 4th of July, I hope you had a great holiday. But if you hear before, (laughs) let's chat about it. (laughs) Well, speaking of which, what are you going to do for the 4th? Great question. I hate it. It's my least favorite holiday. Um, that's, that's what Jeff says. He says it's yeah. his least favorite holiday yeah. too. But I think as time has gone on, it's become like everybody's least favorite holiday because just politics being what they are, just like it's not even fun to even claim one side or the other or whatever. It's just so divisive that everyone's like, ew. And no one likes being patriotic Americana. Yeah. No. I know. It's really Yeah. Sad. I don't even, I mean, I hate that stuff, period. Like, I hate that, period. The worst part about this for us is being a cat owner and having an outdoor cat who hates noise. Fireworks, yeah. And so traumatized by any noise, including monsoon season, which is coming up. So anytime there's, like, thunder or anything, scary noise, like, pouring rain, hides. But the worst part is he also spends nighttime outside because that's when it's cool. It's 115 today. And so he spends a couple hours outside because he likes to chase grasshoppers, you know, do his normal thing that he was doing before we captured him and made him a prisoner of our house. Yeah. But he, he hates it. He's so traumatized by it. Mm. So then we, obviously, we had fireworks last night. We're going to have fireworks tonight. We're going to have fireworks tomorrow. Like, so it's really, like, hard for him. He's always on alert. He's super, super stressed out. And then he stresses out all the other cats. So, like, Pigeon picked up on his anxiety and is now kind of anxious on things. And the other one is so blind and deaf. And she's, like, so old that she doesn't even care. So it doesn't really matter for her. But the other two are, like pretty intense and i just hate it and so like, what do you do what, what can you do it's horrible it's like we give just him like, like some benadryl or something we have on all of the like white noise soundtracks all night long it's horrible and then we just like let him live under the yeah, couch he still goes outside at night right or no yeah on these we try to keep him in at least for the fourth because there's no way he's gonna get yeah. so stressed out and like they really recommend they meaning all veterinarians and all humane societies recommend to even have outdoor cats inside yeah. on the fourth and dogs are just like oh, dogs, dogs run away dogs and they panic and they're just like i'm gonna yeah. live with someone else for the rest of my life now because that was so yeah. traumatizing yeah and cats are kind of like I'm just going to like have PTSD and make your life miserable. Um, But either way, it's horrible for pets. I'll actually be spending the 4th of July at the Humane Society. So I feel bad for Matt having to like make sure that all of our cats are inside and not, not traumatized. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It's never fun. Like we light fireworks on our street and it's like fun for like 10 minutes. And I'm like, okay, let's not start a fire. It's 115 outside. It's hot. It's miserable. Can't even go outside to watch fireworks. It's gross. So yeah, it's my least favorite. Sounds like an awesome time. It really does. Sounds amazing. So in in our little village where we live, 4th of July is 
the thing. I mean, they raise money for the fireworks all year long. They have some thing called the prom and it's for adults. <laughs> I've never been, but they like do this dance and stuff I'm and they totally raise all kinds of money. Um, and you're missing out. Have, you're missing out. <laughs> I am. I probably am missing out, but um, I don't know. It's just, it seems a little culty, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, you know, you're into cults. So maybe, you know, it would be a thing, but they, they raise money all year long and they have the most amazing fireworks in our little village. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they, um, they rival, if not top, the fireworks that they set off in Baltimore city. And they, there's a parade that goes through our town that people come from all over the country to march in this parade. And they have these huge floats and like, I mean, it is obscene over the top. Like this village is, you know, 4th of July central. Everybody here goes crazy for 4th of July. And so they've been setting off fireworks. People in this region have been setting off fireworks for days already. So, um, and they will be for days. I mean, it's a it's a thing. But the fireworks here are not to be missed. And I hope that it's not 115 outside at night um, tomorrow night. But it will be. It's been warm here, but it's been it's been very strange. The weather has been very odd. We've been having lots of weird, thunderstormy, rainy things like every single day, which we need because we had this big drought for the last month before that. So I don't know. I don't know what's going on here. I just I've been working and heads down just inside so so we're not going to do anything for the fourth of july is that what you're telling me <laughs> I, I i do hope to go see the fireworks i'm not like a huge fireworks person but i mean living here it's hard to miss that i will not go to the parade although we have really good friends that we're probably going to hang out with tomorrow um who live on the the path of the yeah, staging the for, the, yeah. for the parade which that's kind of cool because then you can see them all the bands like warming up and and they, they live on this beautiful old street with all these like old trees and they form this canopy so it's shaded and all these people drive around and um, golf carts. And it's like the one day of the year where it's legal in our town to drive a golf cart on the street. And so everyone's got these golf carts out and people are drinking on the car. It's the straight, it's like, it's a very bizarre time here. So it's, <laughs> you kind of don't want to miss it on some levels. Cause it's just like, Oh, did you see that crazy thing happen? And you don't want to miss that. You know? Huh. So we probably will go hang out and watch the staging, but I'm not going to stand in the heat and watch this parade situation. Um, the, oh, the other thing that happens, we have a main street in our town. People set plastic chairs out on the main like days street in advance. No, a month or longer in advance. Nope. And people put like Thanks. dummies on the, the, yeah. the chairs and like strap <laughs> them in. So the entire main street has like chairs going down the street. And one year my husband's mom was visiting us like, I don't know, weeks in advance of like, I call it like three weeks before July 4th. She came to visit us, had dinner and then went home, drove home like an hour away. And it was dark out and there, there was like, a derecho hit and this huge windstorm came up and she was driving down the street, all these chairs like swirling around. And she said it was like the most surreal thing. It's like she was something out of like, you know, wizard of Oz or something like that. Like there's all of these plastic chairs, like swirling around down the street. She's like, where are these coming from? Oh, July 4th in three weeks. Like people had all these chairs set out on the street already. Yeah. It's, it is a crazy, crazy time to live here, but 
No, so kind of not to be missed in some ways. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I have always lived close enough my whole life to see fireworks from my house. Uh, I remember as a kid, like we had this like bathroom window that you could crawl out of and get onto our roof. We have that in my house. We have a bathroom window. We crawl out onto the roof. <laughs> yeah. And then sit up chairs and watch uh, firework shows. And then now we live close enough. Matt and I live close enough to another park that does fireworks. So we can see all the fireworks at night. And it's weird because we also live by a bunch of car dealerships. And of course, car dealerships are like Americana. So they have yeah. massive flags. So the only thing that we can see above like the house line and tree line are massive American flags from the car dealerships all, all the time. Well, it's Americana all the time. Lights, right? The big yeah, and like the giant gorillas and stuff. Yep. And then we can see <laughs> the mountains, men. gorgeous, and then the Aww. wacky inflatable arm men, yeah. but yeah. they're not tall enough to see over Aww. the tree line. Mm-hmm. And then we also have fireworks. So it's very weird on July 4th to be like Americana waving amber yeah. waves of grain giant flagpoles and then on the other side fireworks and it's like all right america yay it's a little overstimulation it's a lot uh but no we can definitely see it which is which is cool i guess it's so weird because i've always lived near a big fireworks show so it's strange for me to like now will you be home in time for fireworks from the um humane society or not that's a hard one because technically my shift goes from like 6 p.m. to 11 p.m., but usually I go in early, and depending on how many other volunteers, I'll go in early and leave around 10. Who knows what it'll be like when I drive home? Um, Should be interesting, but yeah. Yeah. So thank a big shout-out to Matt for, like, making sure JoJo doesn't lose his mind um, while I'm not there. So usually JoJo meets me outside when I come home from the Humane Society. So he sits in the yard and waits for me. And then when I pull in, he knows it's me and he comes into my car and it's so cute. But not he will tomorrow. not be outside. No. <laughs> can't All right. Be. Well, so I guess I shouldn't even bother asking you if you're going to be making anything for July 4th. It doesn't sound like you will be. Well, <clears throat> I will tell you. Oh. I have a neighbor who's very extra and I love him because he's extra and he just got back from this amazing Is this trip. Is the wine neighbor? No, another neighbor. Okay. And he just got back from this amazing trip to Spain. Mm. I think he also I went like to this neighbor I already. Know. I mean, he travels all the time. It's amazing. He has his most gorgeous wife in the universe and she's amazing too. They're so great. And so they just got back from a trip and, um, I don't know where I was going with this. Anyway, they just got back from a trip. And when they got back from the trip, they realized that their apple tree had flourished for the time that they were gone. So they had a bunch of apples. And Mm -hmm. every year they bring us a bag of apples and we make apple things. But they're like the baking apples that are like Mm -hmm. a big. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he brought it over when he got back from his trip. And he said that his wife just made this amazing olive oil apple cake. And I'm like, Is that a thing? And then I looked it up and it's like a very Italian thing. Mm -hmm. So I made one. I just like looked up a recipe and used like all purpose gluten-free flour. And I did not use, you know, dairy inclusive milk or whatever. And I was just like, let's see how this goes. And it turned out great. Yeah. Olive oil is really nice for baking. I have Mm -hmm. a a vegan um, wacky cake. 
and uh, use uh, olive oil in that. And I have, I think I have a couple other cakes that use olive oil, but yeah. And I love it in breads. I love mm-hmm. using olive oil in breads. Yeah. Um, I do that for all of my breads. I call for oil, but that's so fun. I'm so glad you did that. Yeah. Did I, cooked, see, I, I cooked sorry. apples and, and cognac. That was fun. That sounds really yummy. And Did you put then, that on top? No, I sauteed the. I know, but that would be and... really, really good on top of your cake. Yeah, I missed that. No, I did not do that. It's already half eaten. I had like the largest slice for breakfast right before this call. Yeah. So good. That's the best thing about fruit and cake is that you can call it dessert. Mm-hmm. It's breakfast. It's dessert. It's whatever you want it to be. I mean, yeah, I said dessert, and I meant breakfast. You can, you can call, it, call it whatever you want. <laughs> you can call it every meal of the, the day. day. Snacking. Yeah. Yeah. It's basically <laughs> yeah, exactly. what we did because we had this giant bunk cake and it was like just us mm. and we gave a slice to our neighbor and um, yeah, it's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Proud of myself. No. So did you see, I posted a question on uh, on Instagram and, and I, I said, is apple pie or cherry pie more U.S. American? Mm-hmm. Apple pie. Yeah. Well, I, I kind of thought it would be a toss-up because, I mean, first of all, cherry pie is red, right? So red, yeah. white, and blue. And cherry pie is very Americana as well. I kind of mm-hmm. thought I'd get, like, more equal, but I didn't. It was, like, 70-some percent said apple pie. Because there's, like, a saying, American is apple pie. I know. but I, I feel like if there wasn't, like, an idiom or, like, a song about it by I just thought whoever that man is, Don... Whatever. Yeah. Coyote. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a Don Lemon. You know, the CNN anchor. The famous. Sure. Uh, Used to be. Lyricist. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Um, yeah. No. So I just thought people would be more torn. I was torn personally because I love both of them. And of course, meanwhile, what people didn't know when I posted it was I had just made cherry pie. <laughs> so I was like, oh, darn it. <laughs> I bad. made cherry pie and you guys picked apple. Oh, well. Got to eat the cherry pie anyway. I made now, actually. I made me. the cherry pies into little tartlets, and they were so Good. cute. Yeah, they were really cute. If like if that. my neighbor had free cherries, yeah, I would have made a cherry pie. I literally was yeah. just working with what I got. You oh know? yeah. Mm-hmm. So we still have all these apples. So we're going to make apple uh, pie tarts, like you said, mm-hmm. and hand pies, which you have a great recipe for hand love pies. That. I love you hand have, pies. You've got an air fryer, right? Yeah. How many is the question? <laughs> How many air fryers do you have, Erica? Two. Okay. Well, so once you make the hand pies afterwards, put the hand pies in the air fryer, pop them in the air fryer at the end. And I swear, like, Mm. well, at least the recipe that I have, they taste like those like McDonald's McDonald's Mm. hand pies. So, mm, so good. Mm -mm -mm. I could, I could eat all of them. Give me all. We will definitely drop the links to your hand pie recipe in the liner notes because I love that recipe. Yeah. So good. Um, Now you said you made a cherry pie. Mm. Is it, um, I always am curious on how you, how you define a pie. Are you saying a pie that is just one shell at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Is it covered? Is it not covered? Is it half covered? You always do those like fun things on yeah. top. Yeah. How would you make? Well, what I did this time, since I did little tartlets, um, I did the crust in the bottom and then I used 
little cookie cutters and I cut mm-hmm. out stars for yeah. some and hearts for other ones. And I laid them all across the top. So I made a top crust essentially just with the cookie cutters on the top. And it's, it's such an easy way to make mm-hmm. a top crust, especially for people who are um, a little bit reticent to, you know, try a Decorate. top crust. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, just a lot of people are afraid to, you know, to try to move the crust I mean, for the bottom crust. It doesn't matter. Even if it falls apart, you can sort of press it in there with my, um, with my recipe and with my flour, you don't have any problems transferring it, but a lot of people are afraid that they're going to anyway, and they're afraid to do it. I have, um, and I have so many videos and so many pictures and so many explanations of how to do it, um, on my website so that people can do it with, um, with surety, but people are still nervous about doing it. So I love that technique of just using little mini cookie cutters because Mm -hmm. it's so pretty. And then it eliminates the stress for people of, um, trying to figure out how to transfer the top crust, especially in those mini tartlets. It's really, um, it's really quite cute because you can layer them, um, and cover the entire crust with it, or you can just put a few here and there, but with those, um, fruit pies, you do need, you're supposed to put a top crust on top of them with a custard Mm. or something. You're not supposed to obviously put a top crust on it. I didn't know that you were like supposed to. Why is that? So it doesn't get burned? It's just traditional. Um, you don't have to, but it does tend to burn a bit around that. It gets kind of like, um, like with the cherry ones, it'll get browner and mm. um, kind of caramelized if it's exposed to the heat um, directly. So it's not as, not as optimal. Yes. So anything else for the 4th of July? Yes. So, um, well, I don't know exactly. I haven't decided exactly what I'm making tonight. I have to make a cake of some kind. I'm not mm. sure which kind of cake I'm going to make. But um, one of my favorite things to make for the July 4th <laughs> is this. I, I don't know how I came up with this one, but it was years ago. And it, it actually turned out so great. Um, I make this. Uh, it's a cookie and it's um, like a red velvet cookie. And I cut it using cookie cutters into stars, but of course you could do whatever you want to. And they're really yummy on their own. But then if you take your favorite ice cream and for mm-hmm. us, we would, we would take non-dairy ice cream, or you can make your own ice cream too. I have a recipe to do that. But um, I just take like a large Tupperware container and like a flat one. And I take the ice cream and I sort of let it melt and I spread it in this large flat Tupperware container. And then I put it back in the freezer And then once it is completely solid frozen again, I'll take it out, take the same cookie cutter you used for Mm -hmm. the cookies and you press it straight down into your ice cream. And then you have the same exact ice cream that you need for your cookies. And then you remove that and then you put it in between your cookies and wrap it up in them in cellophane or whatever and put it back in the, um, in the freezer and you have ice cream sandwiches and they are so cute for the holiday. They're really, really fun. So I don't know if we're going to do that one or not. It's one of my favorite ones to do for July 4th though. So cute. Yeah. Yeah. I um, have nothing planned. Um, maybe an apple. <laughs> well, because know. you're going to be donating your time to a worthy cause. I mean, I'm just standing around baking. So, you know, what's so wild is that most shelters usually ask for volunteers to come on the 4th of July and read to the dogs Aww. or like talk to the dogs or so sing sweet. songs or whatever you need to do, right. To socialize them and to get them distracted from the fireworks that are going on outside. I'm in like the one area in which we're protected. We're in a separate building, but also like they don't really hear that well. 
you know, they're, they're chicken nuggets. Like they don't care if there's like explosions or whatever. Like they care when they start becoming kittens and whatever, but like I'm in the one place where I guess it doesn't really matter to them because they're so tiny. They don't really know the difference yet. So, um, you know, whatever. But you can read to them anyway. (laughs) I do. Sometimes I talk to them. Uh, If you can, if you honestly, I know it's last minute, but if you can find a spot volunteering, they always look for volunteers to do the 4th of July because obviously the regular volunteers want to go out, especially if they have kids to watch fireworks. I don't know why, but whatever, America. And for the most part, they're lacking a lot of volunteers to to just calm everything down. So if you can do it, I always think it's a noble cause to do on the 4th. Yeah. No, it's a nipple cause any day. So I will look forward to watching your posts on July 4th and seeing your yeah. posts. Oh, Stark contrast there, to the firework posts. I don't know. I'll probably have one of those too. We'll probably light off some fireworks tonight in our neighborhood. Just scare the Just to scare cats. JoJo? <laughs> just to traumatize our own cat and make mm-hmm. our life yeah. a living hell. Yeah, that's yeah. what we'll do. If you do have time to make anything and you find you have like an extra, I don't know, 15 minutes, I would recommend that you make shortcakes. Have you ever made shortcakes? No, I don't know even what that is. I know what shortbread is. No, it's not like that at all. And the reason why I'm even bothering to tell you this is because you and several other people, I'm sure, are going to be thinking, I don't have time to make anything for July 4th. But one of the most amazing... um, recipes that I have in my arsenal and you can transform it into a really, really cool 4th of July dessert because of the red, white, and blue that you can put on top of it is called a shortcake. And it looks a little bit like a biscuit, but it's a little bit sweet. Like a strawberry shortcake. Strawberry shortcake. I get it. But you can put any kind of berries on it that you want to, and you can put blueberries and raspberries or strawberries. So that's the red and the blue. And then you put some whipped cream or ice cream on top and that's the white. And it makes this really lovely, super, super, super easy dessert. You can cut them out and make them round like it's more traditional. But if you don't even have the time to do that, you can just do drop shortcakes just with your spoon. This, and looks, like, it, this looks like the recipe for it looks like a traditional drop biscuit recipe. It kind Is it of, similar? It's similar to a drop biscuit recipe, but it's uh, a little bit sweet. So it's okay. got some sugar in it. Not a lot. Um, but they are light and airy and fluffy. And I mean, I could just, Hey, guess what? Eat them for breakfast. (laughs) And I have many a time, but it's was like my mom's favorite recipe. It's a classic. Mm. Everybody loves it. Do not make this with a substandard, like heavy rice flour, gritty flour, uh, gluten-free flour, because it will turn into a hockey puck. So I'm just warning you, don't do that. You have to use a light gluten-free flour. Um, obviously the one that I developed the recipe for is mine, the GF Jules flour. But if you have another one, that's a light flour like that, um, Hmm. then it might work with it. I don't know, but, um, it's so good. Everybody loves it. And it literally takes probably five minutes to make the, the dough. If you decide you want to press it out and use a cookie cutter or something to make it round, you know, that'll take another five minutes or so, but you don't have to, you could just do a drop biscuit and then it takes like 10 minutes to make it. So super, super, super easy. Hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. I never really thought about the term shortcake except for strawberry shortcake. Mm-hmm. And now I get it. I had to yep. look at a image, but that's interesting. Yep. It's kind of, so what's the difference between a shortcake and a scone? 
Not a lot, actually. And okay. my recipes for the two of them are very, very similar. Um, a scone usually has something in it, though. So like my scones recipe will have fruit in it or raisins in it or okay. like cinnamon and sugar or something else will be inside of the scone, whereas a shortcake is just a pure cake itself without anything inside of it. Okay. Do you use shortening yours? Um, I actually used to use shortening. Um, and typically now I end up using the earth balance, um, you know, some sort of a vegan butter, but you could use either one. Well, we hope everybody has a delicious July 4th, no matter what you do, but, um, there's plenty of recipes. We'll put up a few more links on there, but if you just type July 4th into my, um, into my website at tfjules.com on the search bar, you'll come up with a whole bunch more ideas too, if you need more, but, um, one way or the other, we hope you enjoy your July 4th and, yeah. um, and let oh, us well, know yeah. what is more patriotic, apple pie, or cherry pie. Yeah, because, you know, you don't have to agree with the people on Instagram. No, we don't know them. <laughs> you don't know me, Instagram. Yeah, don't tell me what to think. Don't Instagram. tell me what to think. That's Even right. though it's exactly what Instagram is designed to do. It's fun to tell me what to think. That's true. Before we go, I want to hear about where you just came back from and uh, why you have circles under your eyes from I'm travel losing again. it. I'm losing it. <laughs> you and your travel, girlfriend. I'm home for two months, so that's great. Um, oh, good. Dude, so I had this event in Estes Park, Colorado, and I will tell you, Estes Park is gorgeous, the most beautiful place on the planet. But there's a but. Yeah, I knew there's a but coming. <laughs> there are elk and they like to ruin your plans. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm an elk. This is my Rocky Mountain National Hi. Park. <laughs> this is mine. You just came here. So too bad. So sad. So like we were going out to dinner and there's just an elk in the sidewalk and you're just like. And he's like, I'm not planning on moving anytime soon. So if you're going to wait for me, like pull up a chair. And oh I'm like, oh. so it's not really a thing that you just like cross, especially during this time of the year. Like you don't cross hmm. them. You're just mm-hmm. like, you can go around them, but the sidewalks are very, you know, they're haphazard. They make you go way out of the way to do a sidewalk and elk or just like, I don't need any sidewalks, <laughs> you know? So out of nowhere, an elk can just pop up and be like, I'm kind of here to ruin your walking plans. And you're like, great. Um, and then you got to so walk you, around. So you saw them. lots of elk, like that many elk, like in populated areas. Oh my God. So yeah, yeah. Everywhere, everywhere. And it's just like, it's like wild because they pop out of nowhere. And it's just like. That's kind of sad because not... that just means that they're, they're, they've been displaced. I mean. No, no. Estes Park, literally like. Oh, Rocky Mountain. Like, that's it. Like, they're like wildlife crossing. It's just like if you go to Flagstaff and while they 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 are not in the center of town, but there are places where they con- congregate. But Estes Park is known for like, no, no, no. They're just like out everywhere and just like wherever I want to eat, I eat. And so, yes, outside you, you walk out of the hotel, the double doors, and you only know that one is a double door that's like an automatic entry and one is a pull door. And I realized this because the first day I was there, I opened the pool door and the automatic doors open. There's just a deer there. So not an elk. It's a doe, like a large white tail mule deer. And 
she was just there. And I'm just like, hello? And she's like, hey, I'm here to eat this uh, tree. And I'm like, cool. Do you mind if I sit and watch you? She's like, no, no worries. And they don't care about humans unless you get close. But they'll just walk by you. They're like, no care. We're here first, you know, kind of thing. But if you go up and you like threaten them, or if you look like you're like threatening them, or if, or if it's mating season and you go by them, it's like they're gonna they're gonna murder you. And like it happened. They the SS Park person told us just um last season or something, an elk was um cornering a runner. And it was like I saw the place where it happened outside of our hotel. They cornered a runner and then the park ranger had to like put its truck in between the elk and the runner and the elk charged the truck. And so it's just like, they're elk everywhere. I have pictures of elk from everywhere. I mean, like, and they're kind I of, I saw some like, of them. I just didn't realize that they were that ubiquitous. That's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I was on, like, I was having my, um, my call with Matt. I'm all, Hey, we're in the parking lot. I went outside to talk to him and then I'm like, Oh, let me FaceTime you this. And there's just like elk walking across the parking lot and just like jumped down and like crossed the road and held up traffic. They always hold up traffic. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. So, so I guess the natural progression of this conversation would be was elk on the menu at yes. the uh, restaurants yeah. there. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Elk burger. Yeah. Number one thing mm-hmm. everywhere. Um, which like, that's fine. I guess I'm not into it obviously, but um, I did not try it. I, think it's cool, but also like I realized how much it interfered with like my plans for walking. And mm-hmm. I'm like, ooh, like I wonder how many tourists every year. Like there's signs everywhere that's like don't mess with this animal, obviously. Say so 75 feet away. But um You'd think that'd be obvious, but it's just not tourists. No, it's not. Like just yeah. I mean I held up my phone, but it was more than 75 feet away. Yeah. So and I had to like tell people I'm like, don't go to your car. There's an elk right there. And they're like, oh thanks. And there's like kids <laughs> running around and I'm like, oh my God, no. It was just weird. It's like another planet where like yeah. the dinosaurs so, roamed and you stay away from the dinosaurs. So, so it was beautiful though. Tell us why were you there, Erica? <laughs> to look at the elk. <laughs> Um, I thought you were there on an elk viewing trip. Yeah, my God. So I was there for a teen summit that happens every year through the gluten intolerance group. And I was one of the people that put it on and a speaker there as well. I talked about, I would talk about a bunch of different topics. Uh, Coral from Gluten Free with Coral was there to talk about being your own superhero and advocacy and like learning to turn your thoughts around to be like, I can't have this. I can have this. She's an amazing speaker. It's great. We also talked about like gluten-free in college and high school. And I particularly talked about the ADA and what ADA means for people who are gluten-free and how that works when you go to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's more or less like, how do you become an adult? You know, when you're out from under the wings of your parents, how do you flourish? How do you stay safe and gluten-free? And how do you use, you know, the, the processes that are in place with most colleges to have the best experience possible. So I was there to talk about that and we were there to like bond and do magical things together and, you know, everything that would come with like a summer camp or an excursion. Um, But it was with parents and kids. So it was really cool. Um, I love doing it every year. We did it last year in Napa. So we actually had some repeat. Yeah. We actually had some repeat parents from Napa. Oh, cool. It was really interesting. Did you tell them all I said hello? 
<laughs> yeah. I only realized halfway through that I'm like, oh, you were in Napa because we didn't have that much time with the kids. Yeah. Because the majority of the time in Napa, we were literally, they were cooking for eight hours. So mm-hmm. yeah. we didn't really get to bond as much as mm-hmm. we did here because we didn't make them cook all of our meals. So. Yeah. Yeah. We did bond over some frosting, but. We did. Yeah. You did. Much. I yes. just took pictures. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. And graham crackers. You did some graham crackers. Yes, we did. Um, So, yeah, so we did that. And I think the most stressful part of all of it, as always, anytime Mm -hmm. you travel, is meals. And we were working on the menu weeks in advance. Issue is we worked with a salesperson who didn't necessarily necessarily understand the intricate nature of what happens with the back of the house, you know, with the chef and how you clean things and how you serve things. So we worked really, really hard with the salesperson, but really the real work is when you go there and I went there two days in advance and I shopped for the kids for substitutions that weren't available on his menu, you know, that I had to go to Boulder 45 minutes away for the Whole Foods Mm -hmm. to get like dairy-free cheese and dairy-free whatever. We had to, you know, tailor some meals to kids with allergens, um, which I'm used to doing because we did the food allergy bloggers conference for forever. But with this one, I didn't know the chef. So it was really interesting. I got there and I didn't know what to expect. And the chef is one of the coolest chefs I've ever met. Um, and he was just like, yeah, we can do whatever you want. Pulled out That's every awesome. single, every single packaged thing that he had walked through every single ingredient with me said, okay, well, what are the dairy-free kids going to eat? What is a nut-free kid going to eat? And um, walked through every single piece of the menu, not just like, we're going to have sandwiches, okay, gluten-free bread, like, hey, we're going to have this. Do you want this, 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 this? And we're like, hey, do you mind deconstructing the salad so people who are dairy-free don't have the cheese on it? He's like, yeah, easy peasy. And their staff was so great the entire time we were there fantastic. And he even went out of his way. We had like three or four dairy-free people and the majority of them are adults, but Mm -hmm. he's like, we just want everyone to feel like they can eat stuff. So one of the meals he had, um, cauliflower, cauliflower bake. And it was like this gorgeous garlicky creamy thing. And we talked and he's like, yeah, it's dairy. I'm like, yeah, obviously no worries. And so, um, that day he came up to me, he's like, Hey, I've been experimenting in the kitchen all day. I made it dairy free for you for everyone. So it's just dairy free. And he did that with a lot of his things that That's initially awesome. we had on the menu is contains dairy and he worked on it to be dairy free. Yeah. And it was so great and it was so good and everyone was so thankful. And then the last night we were there, he made banana splits for the dairy-free people, just after everything, he's like, I haven't mm-hmm. made a banana split in 20 years. He goes, but for you guys. And we all had these, like, amazing banana splits. And we didn't ask for any gluten-free dessert. Like We, yeah. we had Flax for Life brownies. We brought, we'd be like, this is a great dairy-free, nut-free alternative. And if mm-hmm. anyone wants anything, we had snacks. We didn't need that. But he went out of his way to be like, I just want to see if I can yeah. do it. It was so perfect. And it was like, thank you so much. And like, I genuinely miss him because it was so pleasant to have someone that knew cross contact that understood all of our needs. And not only that, but like experimented to see if he could push his own boundaries. Right. And that's 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 somebody who loves his job. You know, I mean, he's like, I love cooking. 
That's awesome. He's like, I love Estes Park. I love being here. I fly fish. It's great. It's beautiful. I mean, all I get are weddings and conferences and whatever. He's like, I know how to do this. But he's like, it's actually more fun for me to play around with ingredients and try to see if I can make it dairy-free. Sure, it's a challenge. Like, yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. I mean, so great. So he was so kind awesome. and so wonderful. And it was just, that was a very pleasant part of it all to just like know that they had us covered. And like the hotel, I hated it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Pillows. The rooms were so, and you know, if you saw my Instagram, I didn't sleep for five days. The pillows were horrific. The bed was horrific. But like the chef was like, what do you do? Like, do you take a, like a Marriott style bed where it's like, oh my God, this is the best bed I've ever had in my life. And then like subpar dining. Yeah. Or do you have a chef who's like willing to have it all? And then yeah. have was like, because you're there to watch the elk and view us as park, mm-hmm. you know, it's just like, what do you do? What do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is the rest of the hotel, but like the conference people were awesome. They got our every needs met for sure. The hotel itself isn't a great, like, isn't like the property that I'm used to staying on. Cause I'm a snob, right. obviously mm-hmm. like the pillows were killing me. And there's like one safe way in town. That's the yeah. only grocery store. And I bought them out of all of their gluten-free buns. And then there's like maybe one or two restaurants in the whole place that I would trust eating at. And they were not that great. Yeah. And then there's like the Stanley Hotel from um, the Stephen yeah. King's The Shining. Yeah. And like they have a whiskey bar. They have a restaurant. But it's so expensive. Yeah. So like I definitely want to go back. But I want to stay at the Stanley and I want to see what that experience is like. And I just want to be able to spend a day out on the lake. We walked on the lake for like maybe 30 minutes and it was gorgeous. Just Mm. the whole thing is so beautiful. But then like also my girlfriend the other day was like walking around the lake. One of our other speakers there. And she's like, yeah, there's like elk everywhere in the lake. And I'm like, they're everywhere. (laughs) So like you really do have to like change your plans. If there's like, Mm -hmm. well, there's a, I can't go further on the lake because there's elk there. So surprised that Stephen King hasn't written that book about the elk. Oh, the elk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The elk actually just come into the hotel and there's just like blood coming from the elevators and like Mm -hmm. an elk. It's like, here's (laughs) Elky. Yeah. Well, it sounds like overall that you had a good experience. I mean, the conference itself was great. The conference Mm -hmm. people were great. The chef was great. The bedding was horrible. Not so great. (laughs) Yeah, but no, I mean, it's always fantastic to meet and have these yeah. kids bond. Like the first day they're like eh, scared yeah. and by the by the third day they're best friends and exchanging yeah. like Instagram handles, you know, oh my god, it's amazing. And yeah. the parents were fantastic like and they had excursions, they went horseback riding and 4 by 4 and they did an adventure park. I mean, like these yeah. kids had the best time and it was yeah. awesome. So it's really cool. Yeah, it was really good. But like, I am so tired and I don't think my body is like used to it because I was staying up to like midnight every night and like waking up and I didn't sleep at all. So it was like horrible. And then the last day we had beautiful weather the entire time. And it had just gone through the worst weather storm that Denver and SS Park has had in a really long time. So we had like four or five days of sunshine. It was beautiful. Last day, they're like, mm, tornado warning, hail warning. Um, please reschedule your trip. And I'm like, okay, 
I'll go ahead and reschedule my trip. So I lost the entire day. I was supposed to go to Boulder and hang out at Jessica's oh, no. Kitchen. Oh, that's right. I remember you're going to do yep. that. I was going to go to Boulder and go to my favorite um, kitchen store, Peppercorn. I love Peppercorn. It's my favorite place on the planet. Oh my God. I could spend all day there. It's amazing. And nope, cut short. So my entire last day at Boulder yeah. totally cut short and I had to like haul ass to the airport and it's like an yeah. hour and a half to oh, yeah. an hour and 45 minutes away from S's Park. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. But I did it and I had to eat like hummus at the airport for lunch. And I'm like, whatever, man. Like, I just want to get home before a tornado happens, yeah. you know? And like, I literally looked at Just Be's, um, Just Be Kitchen, their Instagram. And like, it had like the wind and the flooding. It was horrible. So like, I'm so mm. glad I went out at the right time because I was, mm-hmm. I, I do not want to be stuck there. Yeah, Not that I love Denver, but like. I don't want to be stuck there in a giant storm. Yeah, for sure. Oh oh my God. It was definitely time to come home. I mean, I slept so well. I just like, I've been taking naps. Basically, I've just been trying to sleep every spare second I've had the entire time that I've been back. (laughs) Yeah, travel's travel's a bear. Yeah, and my September is looking pretty rough towards the end of September. Basically, the end, the last week, the last two weeks of September, all the way through November, look solid. Good time. Can't wait. I get to Rest see up. you though. I know. Yeah, no, I'm kidding. I'm excited. Oh Yay. my god. I know. I need to pre-sleep. Yes. In advance for all. Store of it September. all up. I know. Oh my gosh. So yeah, it's going to be a good few months at home. I cannot wait. Just get back going to the gym and my studio like every other day, every day. I mean, yoga mm-hmm. centering. Cat yoga. I like I cannot wait. Yeah. So good. That cat yoga you were doing was adorable. I, I cannot that. tell you how many photos and how much video I took that entire cat yoga that session. So I actually cute. did a little yoga in that session. I would never do yoga. I would just sit and play with the cats. And it's I so thought it was cute. so funny because you'd see the pictures and the video and she would be like, okay, so, you know, downward dog or whatever. And you'd see all these people and there's no one doing it. Everyone's yeah. just like looking at the cats. Yeah. Like, yeah, that would be me too. Yeah. I would not be yeah. doing yoga. That was so funny. And like I did half of it and then the other half I'm just like in poses, like downward dog, just looking for the next cat. Yeah. And all of a sudden they do you want to step on them. I mean, yeah. <laughs> oh, those things are so, so fast. Cute. They're they're oh, very they're very kittens. They're yeah. all bouncing all over the place, chewing on electrical cords, doing the things that kittens do. Yes. A lot less messy than puppy yoga because puppy yoga, they have to put like cellophane down on the floor because puppies just, mm. sh- just poop everywhere. They're just like gross frat Ew. boys. They're just like, I'm just pooping rally. Um, so yeah. So for this, we did not have to put plastic down on the floor. They know how to use their litter box. So yeah, yeah. it's less enticing. I will note that for the future. And I'm not going to do puppy yoga. I will, yeah. I will well, you can do puppy yoga, yoga outside when they can free to roam in the grass and poop wherever. But there's a good chance when you step in a downward dog and you're on the grass, you're going to step in some dog poop. Yeah. Same with goat yoga. I don't know why goat yoga is so appealing. Goats poop mm, constantly. All the time. Mm -hmm. It's like a rabbit. There's turds everywhere. Yeah. Mm. Why would you, I don't want to like downward dog and be like, oh, cool. My hands are full (laughs) of goat poop. So kitten yoga was probably the most appealing out of all of them because they know how to like use a litter box and not poop on your hands or whatever on your mat. They did try to eat a bunch of yoga, expensive yoga mats. So that was one thing you had to be be aware of, but yeah, my um, cats definitely have done that already. Oh yeah. Yeah. 
Mine is stored up away because Pigeon likes to chew on it, which is mm-hmm. so charming. Yeah, it's very odd. Oh, well. Whatever. All right. Well, you know what? I'm going to let you go rest up. And I know, right? And I have to start baking. So I'm going to go. Bake this pies, Jules. Get to it. Um, all right. Yeah. We hope you have an amazing 4th of July, <laughs> Jules. I hope you all have an amazing 4th of July. I hope you have an amazing first week of July. This is wild. We're in July. My head's in March, man. Like I'm still stuck in March. in March. I still haven't blocked since March. It's just like, man, I'm so behind. I don't know. Yeah. Don't know and it's, uh, it's monsoon season now. So like, yeah, this is going to be just so weirdest. I love this time of year because it's just, you never know what you're going to get. Is it 115 and dry? Or is it just going to be storming and hailing? Who knows? It's fun. It's good times in Arizona. Keeps it interesting. Yeah. It does. It mixes yeah. it up a little bit. So we yeah. hope you have a good first, you know, enjoy the summer. Enjoy the magic mm-hmm. and the madness of uh, the our patriotic holiday. Happy 4th of July, everyone. Yes, absolutely. Talk to you soon. Stay well. And uh, we'll uh, we'll be back next week. See you then. If you like this episode, make sure you rate it on your podcast provider. And subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. You had me at eat. <laughs>